Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. I love the church because of the positive impact that it has on my life, some of your lives, and our community. And Jesus said, this is how people will know that you're a disciple of mine. If you have love for one another, and that kind of love, it will batter down the gates of hell and be a positive influence in the community. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Worship, prayer, reading your Bible, serving others, and attending church regularly are all practices that we as followers of Christ strive to incorporate into our daily lives. It is through building habits like these that we are able to stay firm in our faith, trust in God, and live the life that He calls us to live. These habits will help us cast aside anxieties of this world so that we might experience more of the peace of heaven. In this series entitled Holy Habits, we'll focus on developing these holy habits for our lives so that we might have a deeper connection with God. Please enjoy the message. Again, a very visible thing that is seen. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. That's what, that's how he views the church with that kind of love. I've done a lot of weddings and, and it's always interesting to me to see how the, the groom is going to interact with the bride at the wedding. Uh, some years ago, I had a wedding in which the, the bride was coming up the aisle and, and the emotions got the best of her. And then that happens. But, but she couldn't get out of it. It kept, it kept seemingly getting worse and worse and she was so emotional and, and she, she couldn't wait to be married but just the moment it got the best of her and she just couldn't get out of it and so she comes to the front and, and everybody was very gracious and loving but eventually there came a point in the ceremony where we realized she wasn't going to come out of it and, and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse and then stuff's coming out of her nose and the tears and then the groom is her face was contorted and the groom's face was contorted and, and people are getting embarrassed and then they're staring at me like I did anything. I didn't do anything. I didn't say yes. I mean, I'm just, a, I'm just along for the ride at that point. And so she's crying and stuff's coming out of her nose. And then he looks at the, finally it comes that point in which the groom has to kiss the bride. Oh, shoot. So he looks at her and, and in just this um, holy God-ordained moment, better than I would have ever done. He just reaches over and he grabs, his, he grabs his wife by the face and he begins to wipe everything off of her and does all that. And then he leans in and he gives her a big kiss. And everybody cheers and hoops and hollered because it's finally over with. <laughs> but one day Jesus is going to return. And, and the church isn't perfect. And he's going to see that. But the Bible said he's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. And all the hurt that is there will now have healing. And where there was once pain and death, there will be life and health. And he's going to wipe it all away. As a loving groom could only do for his bride. And friends, what I'm saying is, is that the church, we're like that. 
we're a mess and we, we allow the church to, we, we as a church, we allow our emotions to get the best of us and we don't always present the best self. But because we are part of this, where we are right now, we get to stay on that path that he has for us. Now again, people will say they don't need this, but I'm telling you that they do. I had a friend of mine from a previous church. He was an elder there. And he, say, he just said, you know, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of people telling me what to do. I'm tired of them saying what, what it is that I need to believe. And, and really what we would do is we would come alongside and say, man, you're drinking too much. You're an elder of the church. You shouldn't be running around cussing like that. And he didn't like any of that. And, and we weren't trying to like be legalistic and to say none of that stuff was ever appropriate. It was just, it was just over the top. And then he was started challenging different things. And, and then he drifted away and he started a little house church and and that's not a thing anymore. Now he just kind of does whatever and seemingly believes whatever. And I just have example after example after example of that. And I'm not saying house churches are bad. Maybe in America, I think this is the best bet we got. Sure, if you're in the Middle East or in China, you need to be in a house church. There's reasons for that. But, but being in a situation like this with governance and structure, and, and yeah, I know we got budgets and we got business stuff, but... But there's so much good that is here. It helps rein people in to say, you know what? Yes, there's a lot of freedom that is in Christ. But there's an edge if you go over that guardrail that you don't want to go over. When Jesus looked at the church, churches in Revelation, you want to know what Jesus thinks about the church? And you start, you just look at Revelation. Because he actually speaks into seven local churches. And you know what he doesn't say? You know what he doesn't say? He doesn't say, why are you guys meeting together? You should just let me be enough for you. Because that's what we say. Why don't you, he doesn't say go out in the woods and worship out there. He doesn't say that. You know what he does? He looks at all of them and he says, man, this is what you're doing that's good. A couple of them, you're just doing what's good. And you're dealing with some serious persecution right now. And I love you for that. And you're being faithful. And then some of the others, like Ephesus, he doesn't get on them about their programming. And he doesn't get on them about their music. He doesn't get on them about their location or about their budget. You know what he gets on them about? He says, you lost your first love. Man, you got all your orthodoxy right, but you don't love people anymore. And you really don't love me anymore. You want to know what Jesus really thinks of the church and, and what it is that we need to be focused on? Just read those churches. He, he looks at a few of them, like Pergamum. And he's saying that you are allowing sexual immorality to just be rampant in your church. You, this, is, this isn't a good example. He looks at another church and he says, you're lukewarm. He looks at another church and he says, you've got a spiritual lethargy about you. Yeah, you believe the right things, but, but you just, you've got to do more than that. He looks at, he looks at the, the church in Laodicea and he says, you are so caught up in materialism, which is a lot of us that I am not the priority in your life that I should be. That's what he's saying to the local church. So when I read that, I see that as an endorsement of what we've got here. I also see it as a challenge to make him, the, make him preeminent in our life. I also see it as an encouragement to say we need each other. That's what the apostle Paul or whoever wrote Hebrews, apostle Paul or whoever it was said, don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Instead, encourage one another. Jesus loves the church. And so I love the church because I love the founder of the church. 
Thanks for joining us on Hope for the Day. This is Pastor Philip Holland, and I come to you today with some bittersweet news. After four wonderful years of sharing the hope of Jesus through our sermons on Hope for the Day, it's time for us to say a goodbye. But before we part ways, I want to extend my deepest gratitude to each and every one of you who has tuned in week after week, allowing our messages to resonate in your hearts and your lives. Your support has been so valued by our team, and I'm so grateful for the ways that God has used this ministry. Now, as we close this chapter, I want to remind you that our mission does not end here. You can still access our sermons, delve deeper into our community, and find biblical resources and support on our website at valleyviewcc.com. And better yet, join us in person at one of our Sunday services at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., or 11 a.m. Now, the reason that we're making this change is entirely strategic. We're excited about what we have coming up, and that has led us as a church to make an adjustment in our approach to this media ministry of ours. And so as we do something new going forward, I want you to keep your eyes open for the Valley View Christian Church podcast, where we'll continue to share sermons, interviews, and uplifting messages in new and exciting ways. So friends, as we bid farewell to this season of Hope for the Day, I just want to thank you again for being a part of our community, and may you always remember the hope that we have in Jesus. You know, another reason why I love the church and why I want to encourage you to love the church is because of its positive influence. It has a positive influence on individuals. It has a positive influence on the community. Let's go back to what Jesus said in Matthew 16 again. He says there, beginning in verse 17. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. He, he looks at Peter and he says, Peter, that profession, this launching of the church is going to go out and it's going to make a difference. A gate is a, is a defensive instrument, and that is what Hades is. That is what hell is. The church is meant to take down that. The church is meant to be on the offensive, taking down that defensive uh, instrument that is in place that is trying to protect the darkness. No, no, we go in and we shine the light into that darkness. And that's what Peter did. If, if you read just the first few chapters in the book of Acts, he, he goes into Jerusalem, he preaches a sermon, lots of people come to faith in the Lord. And then a few chapters later, John and him are going into the temple and they see a, they see a lame man there. And they and the man asked for some things, and, and, they, and they said, hey, I don't, I don't have any money, but what I do have, I'm going to give you. And they healed him in the name of Jesus. Not in their name, my name, or anybody else's name, or their own names. In the name of Jesus. And that man's life was changed, and that community was beginning to be changed. And as a result of that, we are here today. Now, as we think about what the impact the church makes in our world today, I want to share with you a few stats. These are uh, validated stats. This is empirical data of the impact a local church has on a community. The average size church congregation of 200 to 400 mem members will bring $4.2 million annually to area businesses. Certainly, that depends on the location of the church. Ours is a little more regional. We don't have as many businesses to impact here. But if you're in more of a, uh, a setting where there's business around there, that business is going to, those businesses are going to benefit from that church. 
For poverty alleviation, the average small church invests around $140,000 a year into its community. And we do that through a variety of different missions partners. We do that through that, but through benevolence. Other churches are doing that to help alleviate poverty. Now, when, for those proponents that say the churches need to be taxed, I would say they shouldn't do that. Because what's going to happen is as soon as we get taxed, then all of the things that we do for the community begin to be pulled back. And other things get pulled back as well. Churches are statistically, number three, proven to decrease crime rates in the communities that they are in. And then an average-sized church congregation adds community services, elderly care, recovery, alcohol recovery programs or addiction recovery programs, after-school mentoring. Those community services equivalent of $115,009 a year. Churches make an incredible impact. And that's why we're here. Because there were martyrs hundreds of years ago who laid their life down because of what they believed. And it was the blood of the martyrs that became the seed of the church. And then there were plagues and there were diseases. And these people who were believers in these pagan religions were running out of the towns to avoid those diseases because they had no faith. Their gods weren't showing up. And then you know what happened? As they're running out of the cities... The Christians who have hope beyond this life are running into the city to care for the dying, the sick. Is there anything worse than dying alone? Probably, but not many things. And they're running into those cities to care and to love for those people who are going to die, even if it meant they might die. But that was an opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus. That was an opportunity to tell somebody that this life isn't all that there is and that through faith in him they can have hope beyond this life, even in spite of the disease and the death that was inevitable. Well, really, for all of us. And that took over an entire empire and turned it upside down and ultimately led to Christianity being legalized. You see that in England when William Wilberforce, because of his faith in Jesus, looked at slavery and said, we got to do something about this. We can't allow people to be transported across these waters in these boats. This is unacceptable. And as a motivation from his faith, he took down the gates of hell and others that were with him. I love the church because of the positive impact that it has on my life, some of your lives, and our community. And Jesus said, this is how people will know that you're a disciple of mine, if you have love for one another. And that kind of love, it will batter down the gates of hell and be a positive influence in the community. Hi, this is Pastor Philip Holland of Valley View Christian Church speaking, and today I come to you with a mix of gratitude and also reflection. After four remarkable years of sharing sermons and faith-based conversations on Hope for the Day, it's time for us as a church to close this chapter. And the reason that we are doing this is entirely strategic. We want more people to receive the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so as we are doing that, we're going to shift towards more of a podcast format. But before we part ways, I want to take a moment to express my deepest thanks to each and every one of you who has been a part of our journey. Your faithfulness in listening, engaging, and spreading hope has been nothing short of inspiring. 
inspiring, and I'm immensely grateful for your support. Now, as we prepare to bid farewell to this radio show, I want to remind you that our message of hope and faith will continue to shine brightly. You can still connect with us and explore more of our church community at our website, valleyviewcc.com. There you'll find sermons, resources, and opportunities to deepen your spiritual journey. And also, once again, you can follow our Valley View Christian Church podcast, where you'll continue to find sermons, interviews, and other uplifting messages in a brand new format. Now, as we embark on this new chapter, let us carry the hope of Jesus with us wherever we go. Thank you for being a part of this community, and may the grace of God continue to guide and bless you abundantly. The third reason I love the church is because I love the people in the church. Man, churches, we are a broken group. We are a messed up group for sure. But there's a lot of good people in the church. And Jesus looked at Simon, and this is what he said to him. He said, Simon, blessed are you. And then he goes on to say, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. Now think about a key to the kingdom. It's a little bit, I'm going to stretch it out a little bit here. But Jesus has a home, and his home is in the kingdom. And that kingdom is where Peter has been given a key to. Now, I don't know how you operate, but I don't give out a lot of keys to my home. In fact, if you get a key to my home, you can be rest assured that I trust you significantly. And I know you're not perfect. Not that anybody's ever accused any of us of that. But I trust you, and I love you. And you get to have a key to my home. And Jesus is saying, Peter, I trust you. And you get to have a key. Now, if there were talk shows, late night talk shows, back in the first century, they would have had a field day with Peter. Because he was the ultimate hypocrite, wasn't he? I mean, that guy was a mess. But isn't that why people say they don't want to be a part of a church? It's because people are a mess. We're, We're a hospital. We're not a country club. We're here to help people get better. And Peter was an example of that because one minute he's walking on water, the next minute he's neck deep about to drown. One minute he's saying, Jesus, I'm gonna die for you. Next minute in the temple courts, he's standing before a fire and he's denying Jesus three different times to a little bit of girl. (laughs) One minute he's saying, the kingdom of heaven, the grace of God is going to all people, Jews and Gentiles. And then the next minute, Paul has to confront him because he's being a racist. He's pulling back and he's essentially implying that the Gentiles are not equal with the Jews. Peter was a mess, but man, God used him. You know what Peter teaches us about the church? Is that the church is full of imperfect people, but they are some of the best people that you will ever meet. They're some of the best people that you'll ever meet in your life. They're right here. And yeah, I know there's 5% of us or 5% literally of each of us that isn't very good. Maybe it's a little more for some of us than others, but you get the idea. But man, there's a lot of good here. And we're being continually redeemed to be more like Jesus every single day. Romans 3 says this to us. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace, though, through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus, that because we have fallen short, because we are messed up, because we are imperfect, that there is grace that is available to us. You know, there's a photo 
a fairly famous one um, of Billy Graham, Cliff Barrows, and George Beverly Shea. These men served together for over 60 years, and they would lead the revivals, and they would travel around, and, and thousands of people came to faith in Jesus Christ through the ministry that was led by these three men. You know, when people talk about how bad the church is, and, the, and they'll point out different people, and, and they'll t- point out different scandals, and, and I, ca- I can't deny that those are things. I, I just find my, I can't help but say, I can't just find myself thinking of people like these guys. What about Billy Graham? Like, I know you want to focus on this other person that had an affair, or this person that stole money, or this person um, um, that did something that they shouldn't have done, or that person in the church that you know how they were living outside. I know you want to focus on that kind of a person. But what about Billy Graham, and what about Cliff Barrows, and what about George Beverly Shea? What about Coach Tony Dungy, good Christian man? What about Mother Teresa? Solid woman, but she even had the dark nights of the soul, if you know anything about her story. What about Condoleezza Rice? Strong Christian woman there. What about people that we know in this church? The reason you're here today is is because of the sacrifice of so many that have gone before you. Like you're literally standing on the shoulders of spiritual giants right now. The reason you get to be here just for this moment, hopefully something in here has blessed you. You get to be on the shoulders of a of a Gene and a Karen Barron who served here faithfully for over 40 years as he faithfully served the senior, as a senior pastor of this church. Nobody, we, we want to jump after the headline, but nobody wants to talk about Gene. 38 years. He's a little goofy, but he didn't have any major controversy. But no, Gene's awesome. Leon Morris. He's passed away. You don't know who he is. I, I never even met Leon. But I've met his wife, Marlene. She's still here. Bob and Jeannie Allen. Jeannie's gone on to be with the Lord. Bob's still here. The reason you're here is because of Bob. I mean, there were times whenever the budget would be coming up short years ago, and Bob, he would jump in and, and help to kind of shore up some of that loose end so the way bills would be paid, so the way salaries, would, 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 payrolls could be met. Jeannie had to even step in and say, Bob, stop giving the church money. You got to stop. I mean, it was like that. Bill Hartzler great man of God, helped manage the church finances for decades. We got people like that here now. You've got people like Don and Jeannie Richardson and Blake and Janice Murray. Um, They've been serving here for years. Vic and Lynn Haig, Mike and Jeannie Kelly, Rob and Tammy Predilich, others coming up, Mike and Jody Minker, Eric and Bree Mendelin, Ray and Allie Hill. And those are just to name a few. I can't even name them all. And one day your kids, they won't even realize that hopefully somebody will step up and be like, you know, the reason you're here now is because of those people, because of you. Lives are going to be changed in the years to come in this, through, this, through the ministry of this church as we make Jesus' name great. And that's really what we want to be all about. Yes, we're a local church, and yes, we have structure, and yes, we have governance, and yes, we have bylaws. But we're about him, and that's it. There was a study done years and years ago by doctors, um, and they were, they were just examining uh, the names that people, how they would name their children. And it was, a, it was an odd study, and, and it was this weird study in which they essentially just said, the weirder the name or the more unique a name in the long run, no matter the socioeconomics of that child's life, 
in the long run, it was actually a detriment to that child. Like they, they wouldn't, they would, the more unique the name, the less successful by worldly standards that that child would be. And why I certainly um, don't want to disagree with doctors, I, I would just say this though. The thing that's going to make the most difference in your life is not the name you live with. It's the name you live for. And this church is always going to be about Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for all, the ho- all that you've given us in Jesus. Thankful for this church, this specific local church, as well as many others. Grateful, Father, for all the people that help it to be great and good and all that it is. And Lord, I know there are many other names I could have mentioned, but you know who they are. And God, we're grateful for those individuals that have helped us to be at this place right now. And Lord, grateful for the future and what you call us to. And may we just continually batter down the gates of hell in our community, in the lives of individuals, and into this world. And may we just continue to make your name great. We pray all this in the name of Jesus. Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close. But my hope is that the word that was spoken was an encouragement to you. That's always our hope here at Hope for the Day. Did you know that these messages are recorded at Valley View Christian Church every Sunday? And if you're here in the Denver metropolitan area, we'd love to have you attend one of our Sunday services at Valley View Christian Church. We have Sunday service times at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And we'd love to have you come and attend one of those services and be with us. And I, Pastor Philip Holland, would love to meet you in person. And also remember that the Hope for the Day broadcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. So we look forward to having you again with us on Hope for the Day.